1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I got a lot of stuff that I would not call uh, political or even newsy uh, that I want to talk about today because there's a lot of awesome stories out there uh, that I'll get to in a bit. But let's do some some news or some politics uh, first, James Comer, Republican out of Kentucky, is saying that the FBI is not doing the stuff we need them to do as far as this document that the um, Oversight Committee, uh, the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, wants turned over. Uh, the FBI allowed some lawmakers to see some of these documents, but didn't actually give them to them. You had uh, agents there standing with them. Uh, they don't know if they saw everything. At least that's part of uh, James Comer's take on what's going on. And so he still plans to hold FBI Director uh, Christopher Wray in contempt for failing to physically turn over documents that he thinks lawmakers should have time to review on their own. Um, this is something that they have every right in the uh, government to ask for and to do. It's not necessarily a political right versus left thing. It's the FBI saying, nah, uh, when they're asking for something, again, they have a right to see. Uh, the reason the FBI is saying they won't give them more than what they've done so far is that there's an ongoing investigation of some, time, of some kind. Here is part of what James Comer said uh, today in response to all this. FBI officials confirmed that the unclassified FBI-generated record has not been disproven and is currently being used in an ongoing investigation. The confidential human source who provided information about then-Vice President Biden being involved in a criminal bribery scheme is a trusted, highly credible informant who has been used by the FBI for over 10 years and has been paid over six figures. These are facts and no amount of spin and, frankly, lies from the White House or congressional Democrats can change this information. What's interesting about this, too, uh, by the way, is that essentially what the accusation is, and they haven't seen all of the documents yet, uh, politicians that saw some of this information, at least they believe they haven't seen all the documents yet, uh, believe that the FBI came to the wrong conclusion. Uh, but it, it's accusing uh, President Biden of accepting a bribe. Uh, that's what it is. That's what the totality of the accusation and the potential proof, et cetera, um, is. And right now we're in a weird place where this is. And I'll say this. I think successfully politicizing this issue or, say, the Hunter Biden laptop issue, whatever you want to say, has been a, a successfully politicized. The COVID, obviously, is an example. Mask wearing, uh, vaccine mandates, whatever it is. Uh, the reason that there's there's um, a win here or that it appears that there's a win on the Republican or the Democratic side of the aisle on this stuff is because we've allowed politicians to make this uh, sort of thing into a political argument. Uh, the sides of the aisle have convinced so many people that the other team, uh, the other group is uh, the devil incarnate. Uh, more so, I think Democrats have done this to Republicans. So when you have people saying, hey, we have a credible whistleblower, uh, credible to the FBI, someone the FBI has given some sweet, sweet cash to uh, saying something, and we just want to confirm if it's true or not, and they're saying, no, you can't have this, and then the American people are divided on it. The reason we're divided is because we've been uh, convinced that this is politics, and, and it might be. You know, I'll say that, too. If there's not any definitive proof when everything gets turned over to the Republicans, then fine. This is the same stuff you saw uh, Democrats do to former President Trump with Russia, 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 or whatever it is, uh, wh whichever issue you want to talk about it being, there's there's a lot of them. And the um, uh, Durham report demonstrated how much Russia was was crap 
even have Jake Tapper on CNN saying that it was a damaging day for both the FBI and for anyone other than former President Trump. And yet here we are again in another situation, another scenario where people are going to hear this on my show or hear this anywhere they hear news and think to themselves, ah, there's political slant in this situation. And for that reason, I have to decide that I'm all in or all out. I can't be in the middle. I can't wait for the information to fully come out. Uh, this is the greatest success by politicians in our society right now, is the ability to convince you and I, on whatever side of the aisle we're on, that our team is winning or losing fights, and the other team is completely cheating and doing everything unfairly. Uh, they're not always, I think for the most part they probably are, but they're not always doing things unfairly, and we, we need to assess those situations uh, independently. Here's a little bit more of what uh, Comey, uh, Comer excuse me, said about the whole situation, about the ridiculousness of the FBI not actually giving these documents over, saying there's still an ongoing investigation. But for the most part, uh, according to everything that the politicians have seen, it seems to um, not be something uh, that's really truly going after the current president for, again, accepting a bribe. If this existed on the other side of the aisle, I know that what aboutism is so much less powerful today than it used to be because it happens constantly. This would be 24-7 coverage all over the place, and a whole bunch of media outlets would be telling you this is the end of former President Trump if it happened while he was in office. Here we go. Could they end up showing more Biden family business dealings with other countries? This document was dated, I think you all know this, from the subpoena on July 30th, 2020. The claims made in the document are consistent with what we found and disclosed to you all in Romania. It suggests a pattern of bribery where payments would be made through shell accounts and multiple banks. There's a term for that. It's called money laundering. Yes, that is. That is called money laundering. Uh, those are the accusations uh, against the uh, current president by politicians uh, in the House and the chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, uh, James Comer. If you are 100 percent willing to consider every part of this political theater, uh, then you're someone that I wonder if you also thought it was all political theater or definitely real and accurate uh, attacking of a guy who did bad things when the exact same version of Democrat after Democrat went after former President Trump in investigations that yielded nothing. If you can dismiss this outright and you can't dismiss the other one, you're conditioned to be exactly the thing that I think a lot of people are conditioned to be right now, that there's a good guy and a bad guy in the world of politics. And the truth is there's a whole lot of bad guys. There's very few really good guys. I want to jump on to one other thing. I thought this was interesting. Uh, this is The View. Uh, I haven't played uh, View audio as much as I used to. On the show, I think part of the reason why was I had um, Mark Strauss on one time, and he goes, why do you even play that stuff? And I didn't have a good answer. It just goes viral on the Internet all the time. But I thought this was interesting. Uh, this is Whoopi Goldberg during a back and forth with Tim Scott, a candidate for president on the Republican side of the aisle, uh, telling the audience not to boo, uh, saying, how dare you people uh, that have come out here to support this one-sided show that we create every single day. Uh, we are the view. We accept all positions, even if we don't agree with all positions. It's hilarious to hear her say this, uh, by the way. But here we go. Now, I'm going to keep most of the, the context of the conversation in so you hear what was being discussed before the audience 
uh, started to go after Tim Scott. Ron DeSantis has gone too far. Republicans are going too far on this issue. Do you think Republicans are going too far? Well, I don't think that Republicans are going too far on some of the issues that you're under, underlining. And the truth of the matter is that when you look at what's gone too far in the corporate culture, is in my opinion the radical left making decisions to take stands against issues like the Georgia state election You think Disney is the radical left? Well, I'm talking about... No, but do you think Disney's radical left? I think Disney and Ronnie have been in a combat zone for a number of months over what I thought was the right issue as it relates to our young kids and what they're being indoctrinated with. I thought he started off on the wrong, on the right foot on that issue. It is I'm sorry, sir. Do not boo. This is the view. We accept we don't have to believe everything people say, but you cannot boo people. What? What are they talking about? Uh, The same uh, group of individuals that at times have said, how could you possibly be a Republican anymore? I can't handle that anyone would even vote Republican, much less you talk to Republican politicians because they're all the scum of the earth. Uh, Okay, I've changed some of the words, but that's practically what's been said uh, time and again on The View. It is hilarious. Uh, And actually, if you hear in that audio, someone says, no, 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 not him. Uh, Tim Scott is a black man, and he's running for office on the Republican side of the aisle. I don't know what the exact reason is uh, that all the people who host The View did not want him, uh, Tim Scott, to be booed. It might just be that he's a nice guy. Uh, Whatever it is, I I think it's good, by the way. I think that's how they should do uh, debate on The View. That is not how they often do debate on The View. I just thought it was interesting uh, that as he's talking and as he's getting booed, you can actually hear some people say, no, 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 not him. Uh, Meaning, for some reason, Tim Scott is special. Started off on the the right foot on that issue. I'm sorry, sir. Do not boo. This is the view. We accept we don't have to. Again, it's fine. I actually think it's a good thing that they don't want to boo um, Tim Scott. Um, I don't know, again, exactly why uh, that's the position you take on, on this politician specifically. And I'm not trying to accuse it of being a racial thing per se or anything like that. I just I thought it was interesting to me uh, that that was the willingness to have that debate, have that conversation. And that might be the power of Tim Scott as a politician and the way he carries himself um, um, more so than anything else, uh, that people are willing to hear him out in a conversation. Could you picture interviewing Donald Trump on The View, the things that the former president would say, and then someone like a Whoopi or or Joy or anyone on the show turning the audience and saying, no, 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 don't boo him. I could not picture uh, that occurring. All right, quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, I'm going to be a bit of a woke millennial in a second, although I promise I have a good reason for trying to do it, and I think an explanation. Uh, but I'm going to play some audio and then talk about a lot of people that are, are uh, quite um, – and it, granted, it's funny. It's definitely funny. And even this audio that I'm going to play has some uh, music added to it to make it even more funny. Uh, so a, a group of uh, female soccer players uh, that are all at least current or former U.S. women's soccer uh, team members uh, played against a group of men in a seven-on-seven game, which I guess is less than they typically play in soccer. I've seen um, a lot of episodes of Ted Lasso, pretty much all the episodes of Ted Lasso. I'm not exactly a soccer expert, um, but it's a, a smaller version of the game. And in a matchup between an all-guy team of uh, former and some current players uh, that are on one specific soccer club owned by celebrities, uh, owned by Ryan Reynolds and uh, Rob uh, McEl- McElhaney, 
Um, I might be saying that wrong. I know that he's on uh, the Always Sunny in Philadelphia show. I know who the guy is. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his last name. Anyway, uh, so they played, and the women uh, did not do well. Uh, they got crushed. I think it was 12 nothing. I think it was 7 nothing after 20 minutes, and the game might have even ended early, although it's an abbreviated game anyway. Uh, but this is the thing that's going viral. Uh, this is a former U.S. women's soccer team star, Heather O'Reilly. Uh, during a pregame, uh, announcing that her team was definitely going to win against a group of, of dudes. Uh, and again, both teams have former current players. Uh, I don't know exactly what the makeup is. And I know a lot of people are definitely laughing at this. I'll be uh, a woke millennial in a second, uh, but I promise, hopefully, uh, you'll understand why. Here we go. This message is for Ryan Reynolds and Rob McLean. One, you should be here right now with your squad. Two, your team about to go down! <laughs> And no. There's a turnover. Jarvis, there it is. Game over. 12 nothing. Wrexham defeats the U.S. women. 12 nothing. Uh, Wrexham defeats the U.S. women. Here's the, the thing that I'll say that might be woke millennial to some. I get, like, laughing at this and, and finding this humorous. I get a lot of the, the takes on it. But the reason we're even here is is all the the woke conversations, because I, I, I promise you, uh, most of the people that might be making fun of this and making other young people uncomfortable today don't care. They, they just don't care that much about any of these conversations. But the reason the conversations seem to be coming up so often is the way in which culture right now is demanding certain things, uh, talking about certain things a certain way, uh, because I do. I heard Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins making fun of this and laughing about it. And there's a part of it that, like, would not matter anywhere near as much as it seems to. And the typical response back from someone who's woke and gets upset about something is, why do you care so much? Uh, but the reason that people care, uh, the reason that I think people even boycott brands and stuff right now is, is, is as a demonstration of what the flawed logic is of the, the super woke demand in society. So do I think that this is the kind of thing I'm going to celebrate hard on my show today? No, because it's not at all remotely surprising uh, that a group of male soccer players crushed a group of female soccer players in a game of soccer. That's not surprising. I'm not trying to say that because like I'm a man and I'm better. I'm saying that because of how stupid it is that we're in a place where people are having um, more than just the the simplistic reaction. One of my favorite headlines is that uh, that same um, uh, female soccer player, I guess former female soccer player, um, had said after the game that they were brave uh, and they were super proud of their effort. They didn't lose 16 to zero. It was 12 zero. Uh, discussing someone who played a soccer game against professional guys as brave is also weird. It's also odd, and it's a byproduct of our. Uh, society. You know what? I'll say one other thing, uh, and then I'll move on to other stuff uh, throughout the show today. Uh, the What is a Woman documentary that's all over social media right now. I'm not sure if it's even still available on Twitter, but it was up for free uh, over the weekend. It's it's very good. Uh, I will tell you it's very well created. Uh, it definitely sparks a bunch of different arguments and conversations uh, that we may be having in society. And what's more interesting than anything to me is the way it's being covered. Uh, people on a predominant side of the aisle and a lot of media are saying that it's it's hate. It's transphobic and hateful. And then there are people, including the creator of the documentary, Matt Walsh, who says, if you watch the whole thing, I don't know why you think it's it's hateful as much as maybe designed to demonstrate part of the flawed logic in the way in which we're having conversations in the first place. It's not designed 
to be hate as much as it's designed to, to through humor, admittedly, uh, try to spark a different way to talk about some of the stuff uh, that we've been talking about. And so for that reason, I do think it's quite good. I think it is a must watch for a lot of people. And I think you might wind up disagreeing with it. But the point I think of documentaries and stuff, and you might very much agree with it. That's also very possible. Uh, the point of documentaries and stuff is to uh, trigger uh, those reactions and conversations in your mind and not to listen to something you absolutely agree with every single second you're watching it. And if that's not what it is, then how dare it be anywhere at all? And that's essentially demand to not have that be accessible to people from what I've seen from those who are the most upset that it's out there and available online, and Elon Musk is turning Twitter into an even more conservative, ridiculous thing, the reason they're upset is they don't agree with the the stance the documentary takes, and for that reason they want it, quote, deplatformed. We have gone very far, fallen very far in society, when the correct response to disagreement is to refuse the other side can talk at all. And we're seeing that all the time. And I think to, to nutshell this and then throw it off to the news, uh, that's the big reason why I think people are celebrating harder than they normally would a seven-on-seven uh, seven soccer game that took something like 30 minutes or 40 minutes when they're usually played at 90, in which a men's soccer team crushed a women's soccer team 12 nothing. I think it's a response to a lot of other stuff, uh, more so than just in, in enjoyment or whatever you want to call it, or sexism, which some people are calling it, as far as a reaction to this story. That's not a lot of places. Uh, too, by the way, it's it's limited in where it is to begin with. All right, uh, Will's got the news. 1470s and AM, 100.3s and FM, all over the internet. WMBDRadio.com and the WMBD Radio app. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I want to ask a genuine question. I, I want to just throw it out there on the air to you, the audience. Uh, you can send me messages. 309 340 Four four six four is the phone number to text, uh, or you can even leave a voicemail there. Three zero nine three four zero four four six four. I am on social media. Uh, you can find me at, at Craig Collins Radio now. Uh, I think you can still put in Craig Collins Show on Facebook and find me there and send me messages that way too. Uh, however, you want to reach out to me. Here's the the genuine question. I mean this in all sincerity. Uh, when did we as a society start to care so much? about what other people think of us. Has that been something that's existed all the time? And it's different than someone who treats us unfairly in a way that we can demonstrate. Uh, because my belief, first and foremost, is that for a while in society, uh, there were. Uh, we could dive into history, uh, you and I on the radio, of times where people are treated unfairly uh, for all kinds of reasons, and it wasn't the uh, version of uh, discussing it that it is today. Uh, but the reason I say that why do we care so much about what people think of it, and I know a lot of people don't, by the way. I know this is not everybody. I know probably a good amount of the people I'm talking to on the show right now don't give a flying bleep what people think of them, and all the better for it. Good job. Way to go. Uh, live that life, sir. Uh, but what I would want to say, uh, too, in, in shaping this question or shaping this conversation uh, with you on the air today is that if something bad were to happen, actually bad, someone were to get attacked, someone were to get killed, uh, something were to occur, and there was any chance that the motivation was somehow targeting someone in a, a, a minority community or a disproportionately, you know, um, uh, poorly, whatever the word might be, because uh, I, I don't just mean racially, I mean anything, I mean LGBT, any of that stuff, uh, if any of that occurs, it would be everywhere. It would be all over the news. This doesn't happen behind closed doors uh, for someone to actually be harmed, attacked, um, beat up. Uh, and as I said, horrifically, if you had a story where someone's uh, life was taken or, or multiple people's lives were taken over any of those things. 
So our country, our society is preventing uh, the worst possible scenario from uh, playing every single day. Uh, and when it does happen, it's informing all of us about it. That's one way in which news media and certainly they dive very hard, dive very hard uh, into those stories and talk about them way more than anything else uh, is reporting to you. Uh, the truth or, or at times even, I guess, adding in context to things that might not be about that, uh, but wind up to news media being about that. Uh, so if we all accept that, if we all agree, I don't think anyone would argue that point with me uh, that so many different scenarios that could play out in our society would be all over televisions everywhere. And even, as I said, um, very often are when they're not authentically uh, what we're being told by news they are, but they're much more uh, nuanced uh, than what we're being told they are. Then what kind of society are we in right now uh, where a lot of the debates, a lot of the screaming and yelling, a lot of the fighting we're having is just about what we think? It's not about what we do anymore. It's not about how we behave as far as, you know, harming your fellow man or protecting your fellow man. It's about something very different. And I just don't know when we got there. Have we always been there? Is that a because and the reason I'm saying all this, the reason this rant is happening on the show, and I just mentioned it a little bit earlier, the what is a woman documentary uh, is all over Twitter, I think still, or at least it, it was all weekend long. And the what is a woman documentary is is one person from an admittedly conservative um, organization, uh, the Daily Wire, uh, creating a, a documentary where he asks people, uh, not just human beings walking the street. It's not like a a late night bit where you ask somebody a tricky question on the street and you watch them say something that doesn't make sense. He asks uh, medical people. He asks um, mental health professionals. He asks educators uh, a simple question, and it turned into a whole giant documentary. And now a lot of people are also saying uh, that it's a hateful documentary and you shouldn't watch it. It shouldn't be anywhere. It shouldn't be on Twitter. Why do we think it's so okay? And I'm sure you've thought of this before, but to police thought, why, why is that even a necessary component? If you're someone that's in a a a group of people uh, that you feel is is treated unfairly, actually treated, uh, not you know spoken about uh, behind your back unfairly, uh, but somehow treated in our society unfairly, I think there's avenues to trying to prevent that, to trying to fight that, uh, to trying to um, you know win, I guess, any sort of um, damages version of a, a, a lawsuit or whatever it might be about that. And oftentimes, I know a lot of people listening will think this. That happens even when it's it's not true, when it's a lie, and people try to take advantage of our society the way it is right now to, to win things they shouldn't be uh, trying to fight and go after in the first place. Uh, but anyway, I just, I just wonder, because really I think that's at the heart, uh, as preachy as this whole segment sounds, of anything and everything that's woke versus unwoke, that's right versus left, that's this versus that. It's someone being told how you're supposed to think, and if you don't think that way, you're horrible. You're terrible. You you need to be quiet. You need to be stopped. And we're never going to get there, by the way. I'll just throw that out there, too. Society's never going to get to a spot where you can control what someone else thinks. It's not happening. It will it will never occur. And I don't know why we're even fighting that fight, uh, whoever we are in the first place. And I will say this, and I'm sure I'll be accused of this being biased, uh, but it is what it is. As far as political conversations go, uh, oftentimes I do think right now the conservative side of the argument on most things is to give you autonomy, to give you individuality, and to allow you to think or, or do whatever it is you want to think or do. And for the most part, the argument on the other side is the opposite. I, I know there's examples of how I'm wrong, how it's the exact inverse of that situation, but by and large, I think that's where we're at and where a lot of just people are at uh, when they talk about this stuff. But I just found it so fascinating. 
uh, that I'd heard for, I don't even know, um, probably at least a year uh, that people hated and then also loved the What's a Woman documentary and had all kinds of reasons to hate and love it. And then I watched it and I felt kind of like when I watched one of Dave Chappelle's specials and everyone talked about how Dave Chappelle was being anti this or anti that in his special. And then you watch the thing and you're like, eh, I don't know, man, that doesn't seem anti. Uh, that seems to be having conversations uh, that some are not having. And just one other quick thing, uh, rant almost over, uh, break almost taken, uh, get back to silly stuff. I got a bunch of silly stuff to talk about today uh, that I want to discuss uh, quite a bit more than some of this stuff. Um, but the, the last thing I thought when I, I saw uh, everything that there was to see in the world of the documentary, in the world of some of the conversation, I did deep dive into the data um, because documentaries are slanted. People put their opinion inside of the things they create for sure. And the the heart of the data in the situation of the conversation being had about LGBTQ, about trans, about whatever um, the, the issues are that we're talking about, is that the medical community is utterly, utterly divided on what the right steps are, the right um, uh, decision-making is. They're utterly divided. And there's reasons that medical community people would be motivated on one side or another side of some of that. Uh, but that's not represented a whole lot of places, and that does feel like it is represented uh, within that documentary. And so I just thought it was interesting uh, the amount of, of difference of opinion that you're told in society you can't have because otherwise you're you're hateful. You, you hate somebody, um, and you you I don't even know uh, what else you get accused of being. Um, but this is a weird, weird version of what we're fighting for now compared to what, say, the, the people in the past uh, we're fighting to not have as a part of our society, and a lot of those things have, have uh, certainly gone away. I'm not claiming that our society is perfect. Far from it. I'm not claiming it's a utopia. I just sometimes don't even understand what we're arguing about and, and why, maybe more importantly, why we're arguing. And I guess this show or, or this station is trying to tell you the, the why and the what, uh, why it matters uh, and what it is, um, and I, I'm at a loss uh, this time. All right, quick break, a lot more. I have a story about a dude who was on vacation. He was on a uh, a cruise in the UK, and he was told he was so sick he had to be removed from the cruise uh, via an airlift from a helicopter. He tried to fight it. They told him, no, you will not be even a little bit surprised at how not sick he was and what he actually had. I'll give you all the details to that. Quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, I thought this was interesting. A guy went on a cruise in England. Uh, he and his wife paid a little under five grand for a two-week-long cruise in Norway uh, and other different locations. Uh, Princess Cruise is the organization that put it on. It was all for the uh, man's wife. Her name is Carol. Uh, her 60th birthday. At some point during the cruise, a doctor on board the boat uh, thought that the man, his name is Stephen, was sick, thought he was very sick, thought he had some sort of illness, and he was like, I feel good. I think I'm fine. Uh, he actually had a pulled muscle. Uh, that was the issue. Uh, but the doctor was like, nah, serious infection. Uh, this thing's bad. Uh, this thing could get other people infected. we got to airlift you off of the cruise. And the guy continued to fight it. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. I paid my almost $5,000. 
celebrating the missus um, and her, her birthday, and I, I want to stay. And they didn't care. They airlifted him off of the, the ship. Uh, they flew him uh, to a local hospital. Uh, they did x-rays and all kinds of other tests on him, and guess what? He has a pulled muscle. He is fine. I can't even fathom uh, what this is and if this is something that's a byproduct of, uh, you know, COVID or anything else we saw in our society. Uh, but the dude pulls his muscle. Uh, we're probably doing something. Uh, I don't know uh, if he's playing one of the games. The I can't even think of what they are. Shuffleboard, uh, shuttleboard. I don't know if I'm saying that right. On the ship. I've never been on a cruise ship. And then all of a sudden he's getting airlifted off and uh, uh, put in a hopefully full refund, hopefully a bunch of apologies. Uh, everything is crazy, though. Uh, that story is is nuts. And my favorite part about it is that the entire time he was trying to protest it. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. And they're like, oh, yes, you are. Uh, by the way, that that helicopter ride might have been uh, one of the ones I would most want to be on. Uh, I actually want to do the helicopter rides here. Uh, locally, I want to I want to experience that. I'm sure it's for very serious, uh, not these types of reasons. And so uh, there's probably a, a million reasons I can't be a part of it. I just think it's cool uh, that you have a helicopter in town uh, that helps out when it's needed. Uh, but talk about ruining that whole experience. My desire to be in a helicopter, if this had happened to me and I was airlifted off a cruise ship, I didn't want to leave because I was pretty sure I wasn't sick. Where's the second opinion guy, man? Uh, this one doctor. I had this guy uh, flown off of, a, of a, a ship halfway through his trip. Uh, that is crazy. All right. Other stuff out there uh, that I saw, I thought this was interesting. I, I definitely find this humorous. Uh, so an Australian nightclub had to apologize for some advertising. I think it put out mostly on social media, although the event was real. Uh, they said that women could have a free drink night. If you showed up at the bar uh, somewhere in Australia, uh, drinks were not going to be something you had to pay, um, but the uh, type of drink or the amount of drinks you'd get for free uh, was tied to uh, your your cup size, uh, your bra size, and uh, it sparked a lot of backlash. Uh, people got very mad on social media. Uh, people got very mad at the establishment, and so eventually they had to put out an apology. Uh, they're bad. They thought they were doing something that on the Internet would be considered funny. And that the, you know, A cup getting a one free drink and the, the D cup getting a lot of free drinks uh, thing would, would be an, an interesting way to market a, you know, women drink free night uh, at a at a club. But it was definitely something that people wound <laughs> up disliking. Uh, the reason I find this so funny is uh, I bet you that it's a bunch of dudes who work at the Australian nightclub. And when that idea was thrown out to like guys in a room, a lot of them probably looked at each other like, yeah, no, that seems fine. But what's the what's going to be the problem here? And then all of a sudden it's uh, it's a big giant uh, backlash uh, issue and people on social media are getting upset about certain stuff. Um, I would not recommend uh, a restaurant to do this type of promotion. Uh, but again, I also would be shocked if bars and nightclubs uh, come up with things uh, kind of like this. The slogan, by the way, for the evening, the bigger, the better, is what they said. Uh, that is something out there in the world uh, that is real that I found and I thought was interesting. Here's one last one uh, that I also think is sort of just an interesting uh, story out there. Uh, there is, and I think 40 million people I reacted to this in social media. Uh, there's a guy that was caught while walking down the aisle for his wedding texting. They don't know who he was texting and what he was texting, uh, but apparently a groom uh, while walking, uh, you know, to get married. Uh, and I think that actually in the clip, he's walking with the with the wife. So I don't know if this was pre or post wedding, uh, but he's also uh, firing off some texts. The amount of multitasking trouble that I get in in my life when I try to do two things at once, if uh, the missus and I are sitting down to a, 
a lovely meal that she's created, and I'm not paying attention to part of the conversation. I get in a lot of trouble uh, sometimes for that, and I, I should pay more attention. I'm not trying to uh, – my wife is a lovely, uh, wonderful human. I'm not trying to make anyone think that she's wrong. Uh, but I think this is funny because I can't even fathom uh, the amount of people that would be mad at this if you're the significant other. Uh, some people were saying instant marriage over, instant divorce, getting an ailment tomorrow. Maybe he's texting like a sick relative. You know, uh, maybe it's someone who couldn't go to the wedding. Uh, maybe there's some great reason uh, that he's doing this. Maybe he's planning a surprise at the reception and he needs to coordinate with the people that are showing up there. I don't, I don't know, uh, but I did find it funny. Uh, 40 million people, as I said, uh, viewed the video. And it's definitely a guy arm around uh, the bride uh, in their wedding attire walking through an aisle. I don't know, up or down. And the guy's looking down at the phone and firing off some texts. I don't know why I find that so funny today, too. All right. Uh, one last thing, actually. I'll go ahead and just throw this out there. That was what Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins were talking about earlier uh, today, uh, that there's a claim on social media now uh, that guys are wearing maxi pads. Uh, the reason that dudes are wearing these is because of, I can't believe I'm saying this on the radio, uh, uh, gooch grease uh, or the amount of, say, swampy-like scenario that goes on uh, downstairs. Uh, I, I don't think this is true. I don't think this is real. I don't think a lot of people are wearing these. I can't envision it. I can't. Fox 26 News and I think BuzzFeed were the two places that said this happened. There was a seven-minute TV segment on a local station in Houston uh, that cra claimed that this was the move to go with. I just can't believe the only way this occurred at all is if one guy somewhere you know, had a lot of swampness going on in, in the in the area that we're talking about and was desperate to fix it and was in somebody else's bathroom and grabbed for something like this. But I can't imagine that a whole lot of dudes are showing up, like the story said, at, say, your local CVS or Walgreens and buying a, a box of maxi pads in order to put them on to, to keep themselves dry. I just don't think it's happening. And on that note, we'll throw it to news. 1470 is an AM, 100.3 is an FM.